Here we are today on the beach at Cromarty. Uh, I'm with my eldest daughter Clara and we're about to go kayaking into the Firth. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is the second episode of the Activate Doors podcast. So welcome to you all. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone who tuned into the first episode last month. Today we'll be out here on the Firth. We're going to go in a tandem kayak. And it's glorious weather. The sea's flat calm. So I think we're going to go with plan A on the trip, which is round to McFarker's Cave and up to the North Suter and explore the coast up there. Soon I'm going to be speaking to Grant Moyer, the Chief Executive of the Cairngorms National Park Authority, and we've been chatting about how the National Park are going to deal with an expected influx of visitors this summer. So lots to look forward to. But before that, I've been out on the Great Glenway with Peter Evans recently. Peter's been a long-time contributor to Activate Doors over the years, uh, and has been a friend and colleague as well in that time. Last year, just a few days after we'd been out on a Munro, in fact, he uh, suffered a heart attack um, and has been recovering since then. He's uh, fairly recently had a pacemaker fitted and he's just starting to get back to some real fitness now, out on the bike a lot, doing lots of walking, um, but not quite back on the Munros yet. So that's what he's aiming for. Um, but we headed down to Invermoriston to explore the low level and high level Great Glenway. Okay, we're out on the Great Glenway on the high level route above Invermoriston at the minute. Just admiring the view through the view catcher. Well, we started at Invermoriston, we've done a bit of a loop using the low level route and then uh, cutting back before we got to Drumland Rocket using the high level route, which has uh, got some spectacular views over Loch Ness as we've come along. I've been up here a few times, but not for a few years now. I think this is the first time Peter's seen this route on the high level at least. What do you make of it compared to? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot more interesting than the, than the low level forestry track. It doesn't seem to take so much effort either, even though it's quite hilly in places. But uh, this is a fantastic view through the view catcher down the glen. Uh, the weather's clouded over a little bit now, but it was surprisingly warm earlier on, given the forecast. So we've had a really good day. Yeah, it's a great little path. This was opened in 2014, this part of the route. And it just takes you out of those kind of forestry bits where you're surrounded by kind of tall spruce trees that are hiding the the view of the loch from people who are wanting to come and see Loch Ness in many cases travel across the world to see Loch Ness and don't get to see much of it so this is a really good route that's opened up and uh, there's more sections of it towards Drum and further south towards Fort Augustus as well so makes a really good circuit I think We haven't seen anybody today have we but uh, no. there's a chance that hopefully thing, when things open up again then people will be able to walk it and start using the accommodation give people around here who run B&Bs, uh, some income that they've been, I'm sure, sadly missing during the lockdown periods. Yeah, it's been a tough uh, 12 months or more now, so hopefully things could open up this year and uh, we can uh, get visitors back on using these routes and see more people about. Cairngorms National Park is home to four of the five highest mountains in the UK. Almost half of the park's area is recognised as being of international importance for nature. That includes 12 special protected areas, 46 sites of special scientific interest, nine national nature reserves. Almost two million people are attracted to visit the Cairngorms National Park every year, and the park is also home to around 18,000 people. 
those numbers can really put pressure on local communities and landowners. And last year, problems were exacerbated when lockdown was eased in the summer and people flooded to hotspot areas. It led to widely reported problems with irresponsible access, fires lit in inappropriate places, camping rubbish left behind. And these are problems that organisations such as the Cairngorms National Park Authority have had to deal with. These problems aren't confined to the Cairngorms, but it's a particular area where people visit. So I spoke to Grant Moyer, who's the chief executive of the CMPA, and I started out by asking him how he felt about the responsibility of looking after such a special area of land. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a dream job. I mean, looking after the Cairngorms National Park, the biggest in the UK, um, 6% of Scotland. Um, it's, a, it's a great privilege to, to do the, the work we do within the, the Cairngorms and to within the area as well, which is a fantastic place to, to bring my family. So, I mean, the the job itself, I suppose, is we've got about 80 staff in the in the National Park Authority. Um, we obviously um, have a board of 19 as well, which sits above us um, and, and provides the sort of strategic direction for the, for the National Park. And, and my role, I suppose, is to try and coordinate all of that and to make sure we're, we're doing all the things that people want us to do to deliver the aims of the National Park. So it's trying to make sure that all the work that's going on by the Park Authority, but also all the different partners out there, whether that be land managers, other public bodies, uh, private sector, the voluntary sector, and how they all work together to to help make the the National Park um, a better place over time. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I mean, as as the National Park, you're the main attraction for a lot of people, whether it's travelling from the rest of the Highlands or up from the Central Belt or from England. Um, so I suppose last year was a bit of a shock to the system when people were kind of stuck in this country, I suppose, and, and more people were coming. Um, can you tell us a bit about some of the problems you, you experienced in the park last year? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I, suppose I would also I would don't overemphasize the problems. I mean, we, we obviously didn't have, we had, went into lockdown and there was uh, nobody in the park for a while, and that obviously caused a lot of business to suffer. Um, and then we opened up um, and, yeah, a lot of people wanted to come into the park and enjoy it and to get into nature. And, um, yeah, there was lots of people um, in all the key hotspots, as you can imagine, Glenmore and Loch Morlach or uh, Loch Mick or Linadee and all these places became very busy. Um, and we tried to make sure we were doing the right thing. So we had um, extra rangers out in the ground last year. We were working closely with all the different estates and with all the other bodies to try and get the right information out to people. So there was um, really good stuff done by the Kingwood's Business Partnership and by ourselves and Visit Aberdeenshire to, to get information to people about what was open and where and to try and get people to, to know that there were other places to go in the Cairngorms as well, not just the, the hot spots. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, in the media we are kind of guilty of that. We we focus on the really bad cases, the you know some of the tents and campfires being left and things like that. But I mean, how how big a problem was that sort of extreme end of it? Was that a regular occurrence? Or I mean, I, I think probably I would say that fires were probably something that we we dealt with quite a lot in terms of people lighting fires in, in inappropriate places because yeah. you shouldn't be lighting fires in woodland or on, on people's soils, yeah. and um, so we were we were asking people to put those out. And actually, most people did when they were asked. And that's mm -hmm. the thing, which is most people aren't, aren't aware sometimes of, of what they're doing. So when, pe when people were spoken to by rangers, by other people, they were in general putting out um, their fires. Um, most people who were camping did so responsibly as well. But that's not to say that there weren't uh, examples of, of irresponsible camping or, or people doing daft things like cutting down green trees and things mm -hmm. like that. But yeah. I mean, it, it's not... I suppose what I'd say is that it, it wasn't... 
the, the vast majority of people were still coming to the park and enjoying themselves and doing the right things. And I suppose yeah. that's what we want to encourage is more of that and more mm-hmm. people enjoying the park and having great walks. And still that thing where once you're off the beaten track a little bit, you, you get away from the crowds very easily in the Cairngorms. And it is... Yeah. Four square kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of avoided it once things opened up because I thought, oh no, it's going to be a nightmare at Glenmore. And um, I did end up going down kind of later in the autumn and uh, we just went up Castle Hill above the Calmain Gap and, it, you know, so I think we saw one runner coming yeah. down the Larry Group path, but it was great to be kind of back out there having not been for most of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, if you go... Um, even from Lockmore Lock Beach, you walk off ten minutes on one of the paths and... Mm. You know, you're pretty quickly on your own, and there's there's you know beautiful routes. I mean, there's community path leaflets for each of the the communities around the park that folk can download from our website, and they've got great routes on them that people can can use and, and enjoy. And um, you know, I mean, I think that's the main thing for me is that there's lots and lots of places to go. There aren't just one or two or three places to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what's the kind of feeling like amongst the kind of communities and the businesses and the, the landowners at the minute that you know restrictions are starting to ease a bit, travel's going to open up? Um, is, is the kind of concern are people worried? Are they looking forward to welcoming back more tourists? And what's the overall perception? I mean, I think certainly businesses are looking forward to welcoming back uh, tourists. Um, I mean, it's the lifeblood of the Cairngorms economy. Um, employs a lot of people. Um, and you know it's, it's good to see that, that folk will start to be coming back over the next few weeks. Obviously, we've got the, the opening on sixteenth, and then um, further changes on the twenty sixth um, of April when, when businesses can start to open. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great thing. Um, we're obviously trying to work closely with communities and others to make sure that people are aware of all the work that's going on across the park, whether that be infrastructure work or some of the traffic management work or the extra rangers that are out in the park and things like that to make sure that people. Uh, know what's happening and that we're we're trying to make sure that the balance is right between the the safety of communities within the park and making sure that the visitors have a good time when they come. Yeah. So I think I think Wayne is like everything we're we're sort of um waiting to see what happens over the next couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks and uh trying to make sure that the things we've done are, are working and mm-hmm. then making any tweaks if there's other things we need to do. Yeah. I think as you say when people kinda of get onto the paths and start walking and things it's it's uh not quite as bad, but it's those areas where people congregate to park and kind of yeah. get to cafes and things that are going to be the issue, isn't it? I mean, how do you go about welcoming people back? Is it a matter of kind of educating people more about the access code and responsible access? Yeah, I think it's trying to talk to people, isn't it? I mean, we, we want to get as much information as people can get in advance. So things like on the Visit Cairngorms website, there's a, there's a status website where people can find out about um, which businesses are open and what they're doing. On our website, there's uh, information about which toilets are open and where, and what car parks are open, and what the capacity of these car parks. And then, once people are on the ground, there's obviously a state-based ranger services in places like Glen Tanner, Balmoral, mm-hmm. uh, Mar Lodge, uh, Ruffy Marcus, um, and Raffle Estates, and, and, mm-hmm. and others. And then we've got our own rangers who are, um, again, going to be out and about in different places across the park and, and speaking to yeah. people and trying to make sure they get a warm welcome when they come. They know yeah. a bit about what they should and shouldn't be doing and, and making sure that people have a, have a good time. So yeah. I think that's the, the, the best we can do to try and make sure that people have as much information as possible yeah. and that we've got also, as I said, that we're doing work on some of the infrastructure that we've done over the winter to try and make sure yeah. that we can deal with some of the issues um, uh, even better than we did last year. Yeah, and I saw on your website as well as a bit of a kind of urging people to have a kind of plan B if the area you do go to is is busy. Like you said, there's plenty of other places in the park that you can you can yeah. visit. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know that there, there 
I mean, when you get an idea as to where you want to go, there's you know um, plenty of people go, go you know, must go there. But if you you know it's something like I'm trying to remember, but the the old logging way, which is the, the path that runs up um, from Aviemore up to Glenmore, gets about seventy thousand people and bicycles on it each year. Um, the Spacehead Way extension, which goes sort of out of Aviemore down towards King Craig. Um, I think it gets sort of ten to fifteen thousand people at the moment. So I mean, th- there's there's capacity in other places uh, that are very similar paths for people to cycle on and enjoy and get to water and things like that in other places. And I think it's maybe just a case of people having a bit of a wider look as to what they can do within the park and to look at what the what the facilities are where and, and where they might want to go. Mm, yeah, I suppose that that Glenmore Road is obviously the the popular spot, isn't it? Everybody knows about it, and there's so many places you can go from there. But yeah, it's... absolutely, and, and you know the views are spectacular and all these sorts of things, which I, I understand. I mean, it's uh, there's a reason why it's popular. <laughs> it's <laughs> <Yeah>. rather lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what what are you expecting from the businesses around there? The camp is the campsite a lot more going to be open this year? Do you know? Or? So I believe it should be um, opening um, at the, the end of April when other other campsites are able to open as well. Yeah. So um, that will certainly be a good thing um, yeah. and will certainly help within that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, most businesses will be looking to open up again on the 26th of April. Yeah. And I see you've, uh, you mentioned ranges uh, a while ago there. You've, you've always kind of had seasonal ranges there, haven't you? But I think you're you're getting a new team of kind of full-time rangers in soon. Yeah, so last, we've always had um, site-based rangers within the park in which um, the park authority... Um, Grant aided some of those within the park. Last year we had National Park Authority seasonal rangers for the first time. Um, we've got those back in place again this year, but we're also supplementing that with four permanent rangers um, and a ranger service manager as well. Um, and they're um, advertised at the moment. I think they, they close on the 20th um, um, of April, and so they'll be in place hopefully sometime in May as well. So we'll have and that, and we've also got uh, what are called what we call Kickstart Rangers, which is we're looking at sort of five young people that we're bringing in as well. We've got um, two of those in place at the moment, and we're looking for another three of those as well over the next mm-hmm. month or so. So there, there'll be a good contingent of CNPA Rangers out there um, supplementing the state-based ranger services that are also within the park. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, roughly speaking, I think there's about 50 different um, whether that be wardens or stewards and the rangers out and about in the park um, this summer. So there's a, there's a yeah. good amount of people out there at the key hotspots that are able mm-hmm. to interact with people. And we've obviously we've got a good relationship with the police and the fire service as well for when when and if we need to um, to uh, utilise them within within the park as well. Yeah, excellent. And I suppose we're looking kind of towards the future now, we're all, as well as the kind of issues you've had, you know, like you said, businesses want tourists to come back, want, we want a recovery kind of post-COVID. What, what are your hopes for the future of the park, for, you know, the park itself and for the businesses and communities within it? Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously we, we, we want to see businesses doing really well this summer, uh, being busy, um, people enjoying the park. Um, we're also trying to help. We've got a... Um, Gorbis National Park Green Recovery Fund um, open at the moment, uh, which has got funding in it to try and help different projects. And we, we had one of those last year as well, I think, and it funded 12 different projects. And we're, we're looking at probably another 10 to 15 projects again this time around as well and try and try and make good things happen in the park and help support the recovery. And I think what we can do is to try and make sure that um, we've got the right um, communications going out, that we've got the right people out on the ground, that um, it's a very positive experience for people and that people feel very welcome when they come to the Cairngorms, which is you know a key thing, which is it's a national park. It's for, for all the people of Scotland and for 
um, further field in due course to, to enjoy and we want to, to make sure that when they come here they, they have a good time. Yeah, that's great. I think I read you've got, I think about half of the visitors come from Scotland and, and a quarter from um, across the rest of the UK as it stands. I, I think that's probably in a normal year rather than maybe the year we're going to have this year, but it's quite yeah. interesting just seeing whether... Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be, I, mean, I, I suspect we'll have um, a higher amount of people from Scotland, um, obviously people staycationing this year as well, and mm. and I'm sure we'll, we'll also have quite a few people coming from other, other parts of the UK. Um, you know, we'll, we'll need to wait and see what the what the um, international travel um, side of things mm. looks like. But um, I suspect that there will be an increase in the, the staycation side of things and people yeah. coming in and enjoying the park. Mm-hmm. Great. And I suppose finally, I'll just ask you if you can tell us what your kind of if there's a favourite spot you've got on in the Cairngorms. You mentioned the high tops earlier. Is that where you like to spend your time? I do. I do. I'm a, I do like um, getting up onto the under the high plateaus and having uh, a good a good wander around um, and yeah I mean there's there's so many good spots in the <laughs> yeah. Or um, but yeah I mean if I'm up up wandering across the part of the doors Ben McDewey or Brave or somewhere like that yeah. I'm a I'm a happy man excellent excellent and there'll still be a bit of snow up there at the minute won't there yeah there is there's still quite a lot of snow up in the high tops actually I mean, yeah. there, there was we noticed a fair bit of fresh snow last last week as well um, mm. so I think uh, there's still a it's still fairly wintry when you get up there at the moment, yeah. and um, you know people just need to. Well, it's nice and warm sometimes down in the Strath. It can still be pretty, <laughs> pretty much an icy blast when you get up onto the plateau. So, folks yeah. need to, to take care, make sure they've got the right equipment with them. That's right. It can be pretty chilly even in summer up there, can't it? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, just hoping for a nice long, dry summer. Thanks to Grant Meyer of the Kengorms National Park Authority for joining us on the Activate Doors podcast there. Now we're heading back to Cromarty, where I was kayaking with my daughter Clara and Donald McPherson of Explore Highland, where not only were we on the water, but we were also climbing up to one of the World War II lookout towers at the South Suta. Let's start heading in a little bit, folks. That's okay. clear up there. Seaweed. Fine. <laughs> yeah. This is the first place I came, like you, when I'd spent a lot of time with the canoe club. Yeah. This is the first place I came out and there was a fair bit of swell up here and it was my yeah, reintroduction to it. If you're on the only one paddling, they're a bit wider. They're not longer, uh-huh. they're a bit wider. Yeah. You see here, it's kind of coming out. We're going to get a little bit of a lift up. Just lean forward if it feels a bit unsteady. Lean as far forward as you can, like you're doing a sit-up. Like within 15 minutes of paddling, we're in this sort of nice rocky coastal stuff. It's a, it's a joy about coming out from Cromarty. Yeah. Oops. Whereas other places, you've got to paddle miles to go and see this stuff. Take your time. That's it, nice and easy. Both down. hands on the rope. Just Get yourself up to that metal bit. And then really when you're up here, can you be Really careful you don't slip off the rope because it's quite steep sides on both yeah, sides. Yeah, both sides. Okay, it's right on the ledge there. Just stand up, still. Hold that handle. Yeah. There you go. I Wow. It's worth the climb. Wow, Clara. Look at that. You okay? That was brilliant. Don't have a look at that. You plan on it too. That's phenomenal, isn't it? And you can see how in the olden days they had the gun. Fixed into the floor here so it wouldn't kick back. 
Oh yeah, you can see the kind There's of a little scroll or something, the gas, see the vents in the roof? Oh yeah, it's like a rusting chimney almost. All these were little shutters that were second-tiered, they would open close, and then you could open them all up. Yeah. Wow. The engineering, go and have a look at the old. It's very cool, isn't it? When it's flat, calm and no wind, it's dead easy to spot like the dolphins coming in because they just break the surface when, oh, it's, when yeah. it's a bit rough like this. You know, you might miss them or looking in the wrong angle. Right, we ready, Clara? Ready. So I'm just going to try and keep it stable. Oh. <laughs> it ends. All right, line her up again. <laughs> I've lost my foot up here. Oh, you alright? You okay? You alright, Toots? Keep holding your paddle, keep holding your paddle. You okay? Hi. <laughs> You're a bit wet, I know, but you okay? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, Clara, look at you. You didn't expect that, did you? Oh, you got the, you got the full force there. She got a bit damp on the way out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't think we'll get through there, will we, Clara? That little gap you went behind that rock. <laughs> You went in between there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow, see that car, look to your right. There's a little cave with a rope going into it. <laughs> so, the two really spectacular bits to see around Cromarty is obviously this is a, a great area to explore um, called the South Suter. Also, there's more um, World War historic buildings, or wrecks of buildings, around the corner here, which is getting across there. So, it'd be good maybe to the third thing is if we go down, it's probably it's worth it on a day like today when we've got so much time to explore these is you've got McFarker's cave mm. close down to Ethy Boppy I'd be quite keen to see the cave Well, we're right in there. <laughs> Give him a smile. Good boy. Whoa. Let's see if we can get out. 
Just be careful of your paddle, keep it nice and upright. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's nice. I reckon you go back and then try and go through that gap. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon. I think we can do that, Clara. See where we're going for, that tiny gap. We're going to have to lift that paddle vertical to get it away from the rock as we go through. Don't spin it, that's it, that's it. Nice. <laughs> that was good, didn't it? I reverse up the coastline there, Claudia. <laughs> That's just about all from this second episode of the Activate Doors podcast. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for getting this far through it, if you're still listening. I'd like to say a special thanks to all my guests today, so Peter Evans, Grant Moyer of the Cairngorms National Park Authority, and especially Donald McPherson, who was kind enough to take Clara and myself out on the water. We had a, fan a fantastic time there, and I hope you've enjoyed hearing a few of the sounds from the day. Next time on the Activate Doors podcast, we're going to be looking at some of the events that we hope are going to be taking place around the Highlands and Islands over the next few months. It looks like things might be starting to open up and hopefully some of these are going to go ahead now. So we're going to be chatting to a few guests about that and seeing what might, uh, might be going ahead over the next few months. In the meantime, you can keep up with our regular features in all our newspapers every week. And we're also online at hnmedia.co.uk forward slash activatedoors. Keep in touch with us, let us know what adventures you're getting up to. Send us your pictures in via the website and uh, have fun out there. <laughs>